1: the Greg Kelly show the 4th of July July 4th 2023 how how, how old is this country anyway at this point the uh, 40 uh, 7, 7 19 1776 200 and uh 24 24 23 is 47 47 247 247 wow in um in 3 years we're going to have the 250th i remember the bicentennial what a big deal that was so uh I don't know what the word is for uh I know centennial, I know bicentennial. What is 250 qu- uh, qu- quarter quarter centennial? No, that's not it. Anyway, uh it's going to be really big. It's got to be bigger than this one because right now uh nothing's going on. Not it's just it's kind of you look outside, people are not into this. People are not they've forgotten. It's uh just a day off, I don't know. People've gone woke, whatever. I mean, you and me, we're into America, right? We love America. Um We love America. I mean, look at all they—look at uh, uh, all—what is it again? (laughs) Our country kicks ass. Our founding principles are, I mean, divinely inspired. I believe the founding fathers were here because God wanted them them to be here at that time, at that place, Philadelphia, July 4th, 1776— And you go through it, you know, it's technically not a democracy. It's a constitutional republic, which is a hell of a lot better than a democracy, because in a democracy, if uh, 51% of the people vote to take away the rights, then they go away. Uh, No, there are certain things that are inalienable, all right? It's all built into our Constitution. It's magnificent. It's wonderful. And these guys, these mega geniuses slash philosophers slash warriors, that they were all in the right place at the right time led by George Washington, that guy, just an absolute amazing man. I got to walk Mount Vernon when I was a little kid, and, uh, like, there he was. And it was the same stuff. That banister, you go upstairs to Mount Vernon, it's the same banister. All that stuff is uh, almost 300 years old now. And I was just in awe of him. And, yeah, back then I did learn that, wow, we weren't perfect. We had slaves and that stuff, and but we fixed that. We got rid of it. Part of our history, but it's not the history, okay? It's not the history. It's just part of our history. And, uh, you know, we were doing great for a long time. Undisputed superpower. How? When were we the undisputed superpower? I would say from 1945 to 2011, maybe? 2012? 2013? And when... Donald Trump came down those steps, the, that escalator, and said, America doesn't win anymore. It was a gut punch because he was so right. America doesn't win anymore. We just lost our way. And for a while there, we were on a roll all over again. And now it feels like we're back to where we started from. I mean, we are. Hey, one thing about America, right? Liberty, freedom. You say the wrong thing these days. You know, big tech, big tech will cancel you, silence you. It doesn't matter if you're a waiter. Or if you're a CEO, if you say all lives matter instead of black lives matter, you could find yourself in serious trouble. Um, you know, some, some will say, well, it's not the government doing that. It's people doing that. And therefore, no, uh, the government, I, um, it's tyranny, tyranny of the mob. And it's uncomfortable. It really is. We got to fight. It will take the greatest generation. I told you, I, I, I saw this great general, General Jones, speak on Memorial Day. And he says, what we're going through right now is probably the greatest struggle this country has ever faced, and it's going to take another greatest generation to fix this, and it's going to take sacrifice. It is going to take we got to give stuff up. And, um, I mean, there's a lot we can give up. There is a lot. You think about what our founding fathers went through. Imagine being outside right now and being outside for uh, six months. (laughs) Six months, they couldn't come inside. They had no air conditioning— uh, flies everywhere, I mean, in the summer, boiling hot, in the winter, freezing cold. I mean, thank God we were born when we were born, right? I think. Though these creature comforts only go so far. But what those people put up with, our founding fathers, those patriots, uh, the um, it just anybody who lived before... When was air conditioning invented, right? 1915, something like that? Um, we are in paradise. We have... Your your average working-class individual has more luxuries, more uh, amenities than the kings of 30 years ago, than kings, certainly kings of 70 years ago. I mean, imagine going to England and having to take a boat. Uh, I mean, it's just what how we live is incredible, and uh, we don't appreciate it. Imagine that. You can be at 35,000 feet drinking a martini, and if the Internet goes down— <laughs> There's a near revolt on the plane. Uh, you think about what everybody else had to go through. So we can give some stuff up, though, right? I mean, our time we have to we have to coalesce. We've got to get serious. We've got to, you know. I I, I know the writing letters routine gets old. What else are we going to do? We're just going to be manipulated by social media. Figuring out the big tech gets into our heads. Those dopey algorithms getting us upset about certain things, not others. I'm looking at Fox News, by the way. How dare they? How dare they? They are fooling their audience. They really are. You know, everything is a scheme to keep people mildly entertained and to undermine Donald Trump. That's what they're doing. What is it they see in DeSantis? I don't know. Um, Now I'm hearing from Steve Bannon that there is a great big plot, a great big plot to – Take the nomination away from Donald Trump, even though he's 40 points ahead, and it has something to do with California. By the time they get to California, um, they have a way, a scheme, where th- even if he loses California, DeSantis does, he can get so many delegates that somehow he'll be within striking distance of uh, of the nomination. I don't like it. The way I see it, the guy who's 30, 40 points ahead is the uh, is the man who should be running away with it. That DeSantis is still hanging on and people are still writing him checks, even though he has proved himself to be a completely inept campaigner. Now, I will say this. Let's say Donald Trump, let's say something happened to him. God forbid. Let's say something happened to him. He was incapacitated. All right. Could not do it. I'll take Ron DeSantis in a heartbeat. All right. Ron DeSantis is a million times better uh, than Joe Biden. Donald Trump is a billion times better than than Joe Biden. But if if, if, if something were to happen. But they better not cheat. And, you know, there are other people I like more than uh, DeSantis. I like Swami a lot. Have you seen him, Vivek Ramatswamy? Uh, and there's not one other Republican. There's not one other Republican I can kind of uh, get excited about. Can you? Um, there's a Democrat I can get excited about. His name is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. <laughs> and uh, I thought that voice was going to be, like, the ultimate problem. It's not. It's no big deal. And when this guy speaks... I don't know. He's speaking. He's speaking right to my heart, right to me. Cut 25, please. RFK on the Russell Brand podcast.
2: I'm not a fan of Donald Trump's. I've known him for many, many years. I've sued him twice, both times successfully. But, you know, the one thing I think that he's done is that he's talking to Americans who who otherwise feel utterly forgotten. And he's he's talking in their language and he's putting his finger on something that I think all of us need, that the people who support Donald Trump feel that they're regarded by the elites as deplorable people and that, you know, they're not part of our country. And I think Donald Trump made them feel like they were part of our country, that they're being listened to, and then... He's willing to break things, and there's so many people in this country now who are so frustrated with the political system and with um, and with you know political leadership. They feel like that 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 leadership is serving the needs of this oligarchy, this co- corporate kleptocracy, and that they've been completely forgotten. And they want to break things. They want you know, and they and a lot of them like I you know I represent a 1,000 families in Columbiana County, Ohio, and, you know, they have Trump signs on all, like, sprout like mushrooms on all the yards down there, and the people are living in a kind of poverty that is so desperate, so dire, um, that I never thought I'd see anything like that in our country. And they don't, if you talk to them, I was with a group of them in a diner, and I said, you know, what what do you think Donald Trump's going to do with you? And they said, we don't care. As long as he breaks things on the other side and i think that you know that that they at this point they don't believe any politician is going to actually help them but they just want to be heard and
1: well i like that stuff a lot i do he's his analysis of trump is right to a point i don't remember rfk suing donald trump why the hell would he have sued him he's an environmentalist did it have something to do with some golf course upstate it might have been that um but yeah, we wanted, the, we wanted to chuck the system. Yeah, we love the Constitution, but we don't like all of this unconstitutional bureaucracy and stuff that has cropped up over the past. Um, I guess it's really been, if you look at it, it was from the turn of the 20th century, okay? The, uh, that would be the 1800s into the 1900s it's always interesting it's like a, we're all a century off all right what were the 19 that was the 20th century the last century was the 20th century now we're in the 21st century um, that the, the the deep state this permanent government uh, state this uh, just that serves itself it really came alive I guess you could say under uh, Teddy Roosevelt who we kind of like but uh, a lot of this stuff just like a cancer. It was just, and it compounded itself and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And they have totally forgotten, and maybe they don't even care, but the state seems to serve itself more than anything or anyone else. And Donald Trump poses, what do they like to say, an existential threat to all of that stuff. There's this um, philosopher from the 1960s. I think his name is Calvin Smith. And he's on some talk show. I think it's the Mike Wallace show before, before 60 Minutes. And uh, that thing I said about democracy, it's true. Democracy sounds great. What we really have here, what we really like, is a constitutional republic. Yes, it's democratic, but pure democracy, watch out. Cut 24, please.
2: A constitutional republic, not a democracy. The ideal of a democracy is universal equality. The ideal of a constitutional republic is individual liberty. A democracy always degenerates into dictatorship which promises government guaranteed equality and security, but it delivers nothing but poverty and serfdom for the people it robs and rules. America was founded as a constitutional republic to safeguard the liberties of the people against the tyranny of democracy or of one-man dictatorship. In this century, great strides have been made toward the goal of subverting our republic into a democracy. The foremost tactic of the subverters is subversion of language. By calling America a democracy until people thoughtlessly accept and use the term, the totalitarians have obscured the real meaning of our principles of government.
1: Isn't that interesting? And, you know, Joe Biden does look like, what do they say, a wannabe dictator, an authoritarian. The way he yells at the press, the way he thinks he's beyond questioning. There are two more. All right. Oh, sorry. I'm a little bit late. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly.
3: Is the Greg Kelly Show?
1: Uh, what the hell is going on in France? Uh, is that going to be a country for much much longer? Wow, uh, they are going totally bananas over there. Uh, riots all over the place, fires, looting. I even saw that they're letting the animals out of the zoos. They're letting animals out of the zoos, and there's crazy video of lions and tigers and zebras and rhinoceroses and elephants running all over French cities. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. I actually saw that once before. When I was in Baghdad, um, just before we got there, American troops, uh, some of Saddam Hussein's, um, uh, I guess they were all disgruntled and mad, and uh, they threw down their weapons and ran. And, uh, yeah, they let the animals out of the damn zoo. I remember going to that zoo, and I'm like, this is not a good place for us to be. And what are you worried about? The animals are already gone. Yeah, but they could come back, or maybe they're hiding or something like that. I did not have a good feeling but these animals are running up and down the street, and there's that's no place for an animal, and it's very, very dangerous. But beyond that, uh, let's see. They have done now over $1 billion worth of damage. Now, what are they upset about anyway? It's interesting with the French. I noticed this. When I was in fourth grade, I remember watching the uh, the evening news. I think it was John Chancellor at the time and uh, there was a big riot in France, and they were throwing rocks, and you know the police were moving in, and uh, it was really, it looked really bad on television. There, were tear gas all over the place. And I remember, I said, "What, what, what's the problem?" They increased the tuition ten bucks a year. That was what happened. That there was a, a tuition increase at the national universities, ten dollars a year, ten francs, whatever, ten percent. It was not that big a deal, and they were rioting full blast. Now, this is more serious. Some guy, some uh, illegal immigrant, was shot by cops. Oh, by the way, the guy hit the gas as in the middle of a traffic stop. I'm just trying to think of myself. If I got pulled over by the cops and they're asking me questions, and all of a sudden, in the middle of it, I just hit the gas, I'm not sure what would exactly happen, but it wouldn't be good. I can see myself getting shot. If I almost ran over a cop, couldn't you? <laughs> You put the car in park, you turn it off, and yes, sir, no, sir, yes, sir, no, sir. Um, But this guy hit the gas. Where would he have gotten the idea to do that, hmm? Where would he have gotten the idea that the police have no business pulling somebody over? Mm, Where could he have gotten such a crazy notion? How about television? French television, American television, television in general, no matter where, (laughs) The cops are the bad guys. So uh, the situation there in France is nuts. However, I see that they're still doing the Tour de France, right? The Tour de France is uh, that big bike race has just started. Who was the guy who cheated at all of this stuff, that he was a hero? He went from hero to zero. Uh, Lance Armstrong, remember him? He had testicular cancer, and he was a champion uh, bike racer, but then he got cancer, and he had to kind of withdraw from competitive racing, and uh but he beat cancer and he gets back in and he gets back in with the sponsorship of the US Postal Service. People weren't accustomed to seeing the US Postal Service on the side of a racer's bike pants. But there it was and it was a match made in heaven and uh Armstrong became, you know, America's favorite, America's sweetheart in a way, even though he's a dude. And then we found out what was he doing taking oxygen pills and t- and cheating at the whole damn thing taking some sort of oxygen supplement so he could ride his bike more efficiently at high altitudes. And now he's like the worst person in the world. I think we got a little bit carried away in canceling him. I mean, isn't that interesting? I mean, half the NFL for all these years, they were doing stuff like that. And they, uh, I mean, A-Rod is still a champ wherever he goes, right? Does anybody ever bring up A-Rod in the, you know, A-Rod knew, what did he say? I We knew it wasn't Tic Tacs, right? Remember that? And, um... He got busted a couple of times. Why is it that Lance Armstrong is the worst person in the world? Let's bring back Lance. Um, if anybody actually wants to watch that bike race, uh, uh, good luck. I don't think it's – it's just not a good spectator sport. There is something cool, though. Every now and then the bike riders get on a little little track, and you watch them go around. That track – velodrome. It's called a velodrome, I believe, and there's one in Brooklyn. Hey, do we have the uh, – do we have the – trailer for the big movie. All right, I will go to break first, but I saw a commercial last night with Mel Gibson telling everybody to go see The Sound of Freedom, and uh, he convinced me, along with you, Sandra, I'm going to go see this thing. It's still in theaters for the moment. Apparently, it's very, very powerful, very, very politically incorrect, but the story must be told about human trafficking. Be right back.
3: Listening to the Greg Kelly
1: Show. Uh who the hell is Michael Rubin? Michael Rubin. Does that name ring a bell? Does it ring a bell? Diego, do you hear Michael Rubin? I never heard of him myself. Michael Rubin. Uh well he had a party this weekend, Michael Rubin did in the Hamptons, and every so called celebrity in the world went. Now who is Michael Rubin? Um I did not know until this morning. Looked him up. He is a uh an entrepreneur. He's very must be very talented. He's Went from, you know, nothing to a uh, multi-billionaire, sports marketing, something like that. Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but whatever it is, he's good at it. He's got a $50 million house in Bridgehampton. I'm looking at the house. It's like, um, these are the big houses. These are the hot houses out there in the Hamptons. If it looks like an office building and you put it on the beach, like that's that's the ultimate house. It just, it looks like some sort of weird industrial, it actually looks like an air conditioner with windows. That's what it looks like, Um, and it's $50 million, and there are people who love these houses. I know it's very high-end and whatever, but so we had a great big white party, and uh, page six, everyone's going bananas about this. I remember back in the day when P. Diddy had the big white party, right? Everybody shows up in white clothes, which is kind of stupid. There's something about that. I actually went to a white party once. I was invited to a white party, and I just felt so silly wearing like tradition, what am I going to wear? White linen pants and a white linen jacket. that's I just found you know what I did? I wore a spacesuit. I wore a white spacesuit. I'm serious. It was so well, it was bizarre, but I, I don't know, I just didn't I felt like, come on, don't take yourself so seriously. So I walked around this party in a spacesuit, and it was kind of cool. It was a, certainly a, an icebreaker. So do you know who any of these people are? Um or is it just me? Am I am I uh, the clueless one here? Let's see. Some of the people I've heard of, and plenty I haven't. Let's see. Uh, all right, who's Camille F- Fischel? Does anybody know who Camille Fischel is? Okay, well she was there. Um, oh, I heard of this guy, F- the rapper Fabulous, but he misspells his name on purpose. Fabulous, Fab- fa- fa- Fabulous. He was there. What songs does he sing? I don't know. Um, Winnie Harlow was there. Who the hell's that? Nobody knows. Uh, She's a uh, very unique-looking model. She has, like, this slight skin disorder, but somehow it's actually totally gorgeous, and uh, that's Winnie Harlow. Let's see. Um, Corey Gamble was there. Who the hell are these people? I mean, remember Charles Lindbergh and uh, uh, Burt Lancaster, right? Those are celebrities. Who the hell's Corey Gamble? Jack Harlow was there. Is that Mr. Harlow? I don't know. Uh, Tina Knowles does anybody know who Tina Knowles is was she in like uh, Destiny's Child or something like that um, uh, Lala Anthony used to be married to Melo right Carmelo Anthony I think they got split up oh Kim Kardashian okay now we're getting warmer Kendall Jenner, Jenner Haley Bieber wife of uh, Justin Lori Harvey who's that Who is that? And all these girls look the same, oh, by the way. I mean, they're all beautiful, but very similar in a certain way. Um, Travis Scott. I've heard this name before. I keep thinking it's a country music store, but it's actually a rap guy. Um, Emrata. Emrata, who's got a great big, has-to-be fake rear end. There's absolutely no way. I'm looking at it right now. There's no way that's a real buttock situation. And it goes on like this. Okay, Tom Brady, we heard about him. Jay-Z, we heard about him. And Ben Affleck was there. But did you hear, be honest, about any of those other people? It's like uh, everybody's a little bit famous these days. Everybody's a little bit famous. Uh, Okay. Well, I'm sure they had a little great time. When was it exactly? Vague, vague, vague. I guess it was over the weekend. And they all went, why would you go to that one guy's house? Go to all that trouble to go to that one house. I don't know. And then you have to go to a party and you have to mingle and you have to, and is it going to be like, does everybody want to come up to, well, if, if they're all celebrities, that's the kind of thing. Celebrities like to hang with each other. Um. But they also like to be uh, worshipped by adoring fans. So who knows? Hey, there was cocaine found at the White House. <laughs> go figure. Now everyone's telling me, well, wait a second, Greg, it was found in the library and that's open to the public. So it wasn't Hunter's. Now, if you're Hunter Biden and you're hanging around the Oval the, the White House all the time, I think you're gonna you're gonna go to a part of the house where you're not gonna run into Dad. So I think you would go to the library on the main floor, or you'd go into a part of the White House where you're not gonna see Joe Biden, because that would I mean even even Joe would have to do something, right? He couldn't look the other way with that. Hey, do we have the um, we have the big trailer? This movie is called The Sound of Freedom. Which, oh, by the way, I guess they took it from the military. The sound of freedom, we used to say, was the sound of jets or bombs going off, right? That's the sound of freedom. Pardon our noise, it's the sound of freedom. We put a big note like that, a big sign outside the base, because people are always calling with noise complaints. And that's actually how that started. Pardon our noise, it's the sound of freedom. Leave us alone about the jets. We know they're noisy, okay? (laughs) Okay. that was a military spin initially but this is called The Sound of Freedom I don't know much about it it has something to do with human trafficking and it's getting a lot of buzz positive buzz from some of the people we like out there let's hear it
3: how that make you feel giving a child his freedom good. You have been at this for 12 years.
4: My country is
1: of thee.
3: Why are you doing it?
2: Because God's children are not for sale. It is the fastest growing international crime network that the world has ever seen. For Homeland Security, you know we can't go off rescuing Honduran kids in Colombia. This job tears you to pieces. And, and this is my one chance to put those pieces back together. And yet, somehow, you have failed to bring me one real-world lead. It's over, Tim. Close up, and come back home.
5: So, you quit your job and you go and rescue those kids.
4: The
6: south of that river is all rebel territory. No one
2: goes in. What if this was your daughter?
6: So, she's gone.
3: That—that's the sound of freedom.
1: Oh wow! Sounds great. Oh sound shoot! Wait, what do they say Change at the end? This
2: world. So we want to ignite a fire in audiences and open their eyes to the dark reality of millions of children that need our help. Let's make this film a historic event and the start, the end of child trafficking. Theaters across this country are already selling out. Pre order your tickets today, and you can send the message that God's children are no longer for sale.
1: Damn. I know you couldn't see, I couldn't see most of it either. Uh, That was powerful. And it's playing all over the place. Uh, here in Manhattan, it's playing at the Lincoln Square. It's playing at the Regal. It's playing at the AMC 25 and 42nd Street. All over the place. And it's playing all the way into four fifteen, seven twenty, nine p.m., nine forty five, ten thirty. 10.30. Um, and let's face it, there have been all kinds of uh, dark rumors about child trafficking in Hollywood and all kinds of stuff going back a long way here. Uh, I see that it's not getting... Much in the way of mainstream buzz, but this is an important movie, um, looks like to me. And all the right people are involved with it. Jim Caviezel, he played Jesus in Passion of the Christ. I like that guy. Uh, let's see. Or The Passion, I should say. Uh, Mel Gibson was promoting it. I like that guy, even though he's had his ups and downs. And I think he uh, he learned a lot from that uh, drunken mayhem he was involved in. Um, let's see who else. Sebastian Maniscalco, the the comedian. Sandra, hello.
6: Oh, Greg, if I can convince five people to go see this movie, this true story, I did my homework. I saw that movie yesterday. The the theater was filled and that was great. The true story about a man who gives up his job to go find two children in particular and then he ends up rescuing 50 children but the story starts out where this beautiful woman she finds this little girl where she lives with her little brother she knocks on their door and she convinces the father who loves his children Oh, your daughter's beautiful. She could be a model, and even your little son. And and she showed how she was um um a con- she won the uh, contest for beauty. You know how they have those. All right. So this guy
1: that, and this guy takes them away and uh, and and puts him into a life of uh, horrible slavery. So, right.
6: So, li- so no. So listen to what happens. So he makes the appointment and he innocently takes his two children. All right. To this don't place. give it all
1: away, Sandra. We need to see the movie. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear the whole thing. Uh, it's. Uh, right. It sounds, oh. It's uh, no, it's going to be important, all right? We just played the trailer. Don't give any away. I don't want to know what happens.
6: Greg? What? Are you going to see it? Are you going to, you promise me you're going
1: to see it? Promise you? It's <laughs> easy, Sandra. I mean, why are you making this about you, quite frankly? All right? No, Come no. on, Sandra. I just played the trailer. No. I just told everybody the show time, so of course I'm going to see it.
6: You're going to, you're going to, you're going to,
1: it's Sandra, gonna change
6: your
1: life. Uh, it's going to change my life. Look, I don't want to quit my job and go into the uh, anti-human trafficking business. I'll go see the movie. <laughs> I hate human trafficking, but I'm not going to, you know, I don't want it to change my life too much. I got enough problems. All right. I just, I, I don't want there to be human trafficking. I'll give to, uh, to what? UNICEF. What am I supposed to give to? I'll give to, uh, oh, oh, that, oh, that, that, that oh. $10 a month. Thing. Greg, Son- what?
6: Greg, I have some I have something very important I want to say. At the end of the movie, they say uh, No!
1: What- Stop it, Sandra. All right. I don't want to hear about any of that stuff. All right, you're the best, but I can't have you giving away the movie. Thank you. And I'll be right back.
3: Greg Kelly. Listening to the Greg Kelly
1: Show. You know, I realized I could not name one Jay Z song. Uh, maybe the New York, New York song, but it's not called New York, New York. So uh, there's this thing he did about 10 years ago in an art gallery in Chelsea, and it's supposed to be this really a fascinating, you know, interactive thing he did with performing artists. And uh, I saw it today, 10 minutes long. It's terrible. It stinks. And quite frankly, like, like so many other rap guys, all he's singing about is. Uh, You know, all the sex he's going to get and all the things he's going to do and, you know, the just very degrading language, very degrading language. And quite frankly, uh, misogynistic, Uh, misogynistic. And we don't like that kind of stuff. I don't know. I think it's done uh, horrible damage to the uh, the urban population, quite frankly, Um, especially people of color, Uh, hip hop music. You know, I met the guy who was the lead singer of the OJs. Remember the OJ's? They were great in the sixties and seventies, and and they're still touring around. The OJ's, and I'm like, yeah, what, what is? Why is your music so much better than today's music? And he said, we sang about love, and everybody else. Now they're talking about possessions, and even when they talk about like you know, uh, women, they talk about it like possessions. The OJ's, they were great. Um, they do that song, "I Love Music," any kind of music only takes a minute, girl. Uh, stuff like that, uh, fantastic. Hey, what the hell happened at the uh, Coney Island hot dog eating contest? Is it over? If flipping is around, I'd love to know. Um, the problem with the hot dog eating contest is they let them wet the bun first. You know what I mean? They they wet the bun, so it goes down like I don't know, like like mush. It goes down like liquid uh, corn. It's just terrible. Who wants to eat a wet hot dog? I think that should be illegal. I think they should just eat it the old-fashioned way. You know, you eat it like you eat a hot dog. Now, that would be fewer hot dogs consumed, but I think it would just be better for the sport, the sport of competitive eating. Um, Joey Chestnut was the um, guy who's been doing it for like 20 years. He seems to always win. I met him a whole bunch of times. He's a very normal guy from California. He has a regular job. He's like a a manager at an insurance company or something like that. Joey Chesnut. And then there's the Black Widow, the Black Widow, that woman from Maryland. She always wins the women's division. The Black Widow, they call her. She's very, very nice. I don't know why they call her the Black Widow. She works at a Burger King in, in, um, in Maryland. Greatly. So, who won the damn thing? Anybody? Did they have it yet?
7: So, the uh, the Black Widow you're talking about is Mickey Sudo, uh, and she did win. She won. I think uh, Liz Radabali at our WABC news desk reported she ate thirty nine and a quarter hot dogs. What's her real name? Uh, Mickey Sudo.
1: Yeah, I, I've I've met her. She's very attractive. Oh, by the way, she, yeah, she happens to be Asian. She's very thin and uh, very very nice looking woman. Um, quite frankly, it's very unfeminine what she does. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to know admit, but she's great. And then Joey Chestnut, um, since I brought up the race factor, he happens to be a white man, and uh, he's a very you know run-of-the-mill looking guy. He's not obese by any means, but he's not exactly fit and trim. No, he's like, um, you know, he's like a big T-shirt wearing uh, dad bod kind of guy.
7: Yeah, he's like a a David Wells type. uh, I think you would say, you know, kind of who's that? The pitcher David Wells. Remember David Wells of the New York Yankees now. Okay, nonetheless. But get this, Greg, they canceled the men's event today. Lightning and weather issues. I don't know how much uh, you know that could really interfere with the eating. Just have it inside. That's what I say. But uh, they, uh, oh, okay, Liz is saying it's happening at 2 p.m.? Okay, it's happening at 2 p.m. Hey, today. Yeah, hold They're on. scheduling.
1: I it. just looked up David Wells. Yeah, this guy was a professional baseball player. Threw a, a perfect game, I believe. Yeah. When, when? In the 90s. Well, he was a... F- fatty yeah you know,
7: that's what he was known for he'd roll out there and uh you know shut guys down but uh, uh there was yeah.
1: louis Tiant. he was also a bit of a fatty he yes. was a pitcher uh-huh. uh cc sabathia is he still playing he is not but he did yes he uh he actually
7: had yeah yeah he was a big guy big guy
1: i told me once he ate uh, uh he ate a box of captain crunch for breakfast that's not good <laughs> no. that's not good all right so Well, um, congratulations to the victor. Uh, I guess we only have one yet, and then the the rest of it will happen at 2 o'clock. Yeah, the rain is uh, pretty intense out there. Hey, you know what else is intense? As always, weed, marijuana. Went to the park yesterday, Central Park. I counted 15 different people smoking dope. Uh, 15. What I would do is I would smell it, then I'd look to see who was smoking it, and uh, 15 different times. And it's not good. This is going to really set us back. You know what happens when you get caught with pot in Russia? They throw you in jail. Uh, same thing in China. These are our adversaries. They take it very, very seriously. We have essentially we have legalized it here. And kids are doing it. And, um, you know, I've done it four or five times in my life. You know that stupid song by Weekend, I Can't Feel My Face? I couldn't feel my face, and that's a horrible, horrible sensation when you can't feel your face. This thing, I can't imagine doing any kind of work, anything. You wouldn't want to get anything done. you just sit there. You would just sit there and eat and maybe walk around the park feeling really high. Gosh, it's so bad. Now, the guy who's fighting this uh, marijuana stuff, his name is Kevin Sabet. He has this great firm, you know, Smart Solutions for Marijuana. I'll actually get the right name of it. He worked in the drug czar's office. And he's been fighting marijuana for a long time. And I'm like, dude, you're losing. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but I mean, I would love you to win, but you're losing this thing. And he said, well, there are some policy victories they've had. And he's also thinking like cigarette smoking. You know, cigarette smoking reached a peak. And then all of a sudden it was demonized and kind of uh, stigmatized and and nobody does it anymore. And he showed me a picture of people smoking on an airplane Everybody on the damn plane is smoking. And it wasn't that long ago. It was in the 80s. People smoke. Actually, late it's 1978 was this picture. And people would smoke on an airplane. Can you imagine doing that today? And that was normal. It was absolutely normal, almost encouraged. So we all learned, and we all moved on, and hopefully the same thing will happen with marijuana. Um, fortunately, hopefully we don't have too many people uh, lose it because marijuana brings on psychosis, all kinds of uh, crazy stuff, schizophrenia can be a side effect. Please do not mess with that stuff. I speak from experience. And it's a gateway drug because once you start messing with marijuana, you start messing with cocaine. And it looks to me, I'm looking at all the evidence here, obviously that was Hunter's cocaine in the White House. They just found a whole bunch of it in the White House library. And actually, I was wrong. It's not the... It's not the library that the public has access to. The West Wing has access to it. Uh, Open on public tours, but that means you get to look inside it. It doesn't mean you get to go inside it. I've actually been on that White House tour. I worked at the White House, but before I worked at the White House, I went on a tour. And they bring you by these rooms, and you get to look in the room, but you don't actually get to go in the room. And that's this library situation. Uh, Daily Mail, the Biden family arrived back at the White House for Independence Day celebrations as the Secret Service investigates cocaine found in the mansion's library Sunday night. Joe and Jill were joined by son Hunter, his wife Melissa, and son Beau as they stepped off Marine One Tuesday after the discovery of the white powder sparked a hazmat situation and forced an evacuation of the White House. First, they thought it was like anthrax or something. A dispatch call reviewed by Daily Mail reveals a preliminary test found that the white powder tested positive for cocaine. Um, So, I mean, seriously, right? The White House is is no place for Hunter, okay? He needs to be in complete care in rehab. The
3: Greg Kelly Show.
1: Yeah, July 4th, July 4th, 1776. That remarkable, beautiful document... Signed by all those uh, amazing people, the brainiacs, the uh, the patriots, uh, establishing our independence from the snobs in Britain who were out to uh, rip us off and tax us to death. Uh, we needed to break away. And, uh, of course, we couldn't just sign a piece of paper. We had to fight a war. And then we came up with this amazing Constitution inspired by God. And I think that's uh, unlike any Constitution, uh, any such governing document in the world our powers derive from God. All right, God given rights. I love it. I love it. You know, we've got a lot of advantages here in America geographically. Right, protected by two big oceans, the Atlantic and the Pacific, of course, and uh, that uh, that put us in a really good position. That um, our uh, beautiful founding principles and founding fathers, our way of life. What are you proud of when I say America? Seriously, what do you think of? Forget about what you think you're supposed to say, all right? What is it you're – what actually comes to mind? I'm going to say right off the top, the big thing that comes to my mind, we went to the moon in 1969, all right? That comes to my mind. I also love what we did post-World War II, how we took care of Japan and how we took care of Europe, the Marshall Plan. Uh, We set up a whole interesting system of government in Japan uh, kind of taking into account their needs, their history, uh, but also the need for a, a constitutional republic. Uh, what we did there, and that 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 also another amazing American figure, kind of mythical almost, a uh, uh, General MacArthur, uh, Marshall Plan. What else? Apollo. I having been in the military, I have to tell you this: in some ways, the military when I was in was a really Classy operation. I know that sounds kind of funny. You don't think of a class of a military being a class act, but it actually was, and very much so. That's the little things they did. They did it right. And one thing that comes to mind is, well, notification of a death, how they informed the families, right? They would always go in person and military honors that are rendered, and also the pension system and the veterans' affairs. And yes, that, uh, that's become a great big boondoggle and totally mismanaged, but that it exists is actually inspiring. Um, how about you guys? How about you? Now, I'm looking at Barack Obama, and I wonder what he would say if I asked him that question. I mean, I wonder what he would really say. Um, because if I told him, hey, come on, just tell me what you're thinking. He put out a tweet today. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. <laughs> Happy Fourth of July, everybody. That's it. Well, okay, oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. He and he goes. I'm grateful to the troops. Okay, grateful to the troops. But you know what? That's kind of like. Uh, it's not exactly. It's kind of like phoning it in. If you're the former commander in chief, right? You got. Now, what did he say on Juneteenth? Did he say Happy Juneteenth, everybody? No. Something tells me he went a little bit further. Let's just look that one up. Barack Obama. Joe, oh, yep. Sure enough, there's a whole essay here. On Juneteenth, we commemorate the anniversary of the delayed but welcome news of freedom reaching the enslaved black folk of Galveston, Texas. It's a reminder that even in the darkest hours there is a cause for hope and a reason to keep building a country that lives up to its and then I have to press on a link to read the rest of the essay. Uh I can't do that, actually. I can't do that. Um I mean I literally can't do I tried and uh it makes me I, I have to log I have to put in a password and all that stuff. Um, that's not, let's see, what else did he do here today? Um, happy birthday to Malia. Uh, she's talented, hilarious, a beautiful young woman. Malia, I hope 25 brings you everything you're looking for. You see, he's more into himself, his race, his family than he was ever into America. About 20 years ago, there was a book called, maybe he's just not that into you. It was like this self-help book for girls trying to land a guy. And that was like a big, you know, hard pill for a lot of women to swallow if they were dating some guy. Maybe he's just not that into you. And Obama was just not that into America. He just didn't really give a damn. Uh, Now, they are having a bit of an identity crisis because of this affirmative action ruling, which I think is, is great. I mean, it was really screwing over qualified Asian students more than any other group. And if you were a top performing student and you happen to be Asian, you had less chance of getting into Harvard or any other top school than an underperforming African American child. And that's wrong. It's just wrong and but Michelle Obama, well, let's see here. Back in college, she wrote this big essay, it goes on and on and on. Back in college, I was one of the few black students on my campus and I was proud of getting into such a respected school. I knew I'd worked hard for it, but still, I sometimes wondered if people thought I got there because of affirmative action. It was, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the problem. Okay? <laughs> you, could, you could have ended it right there. This is something that follows people. They, they wonder. It was a shadow that students like me couldn't shake, whether those doubts came from the outside or inside our minds. But the fact is this, I belonged. Well, not according to your guidance counselor, all right? Your guidance counselor didn't want you applying a Princeton because she knew your grades weren't high enough. Semester after semester, decade after decade, for more than half a century, countless students like me showed they belonged too. How? It wasn't just the kids of color who benefited either. Every student who heard a perspective they might not have encountered or who had an assumption challenged, who had their minds and their hearts open, gained a lot as well. Just the way she frames this, it is the... Presumably white students are in a position to have their uh, hearts opened because they arrived so closed. Uh, Students on my campus and countless others across the country. Her heartbreak. She's affirmative action is so anti-American, right? I am surprised actually it was being used to the extent that it was and is being used. And now we have all of these woke, mostly white educators bending over backwards, decrying this decision and trying to find loopholes to um, to keep affirmative action going without actually calling it affirmative action. Just tell us your race in the essay, you know, stuff like that. You can't circle a block, but if you tell us in the essay or, I don't know, uh, or maybe put your picture in the application, put your picture. Jamal from the Bronx, welcome back. How have you
8: been? Good good afternoon. I had no plan to call you, but my family called me up and he said he's going million subjects. Call him up. First wish him the happy July 4th to him, his beautiful daughters and his family that's what I have to do first because they told me to tell you that. Hey, why don't they ever Secondly, call themselves? You why are you,
1: why are you always the middleman, Jamal? You're because, always del- because,
8: because- because, because I first of all, you should have stopped going to Central Park when the people are smoking joint. It think it seems to me it impacted on your uh, speech because you're going subject to subject. I didn't know how to follow you anymore. Well,
1: Jamal, just hang on and you strap on and feel the G's. That's how it rolls around here. Listen, Jamal, do me a favor. Um, uh, have a nice fourth. Best of your family. But I have a feeling you're going to start to tell me what to do and how to do it, and I want to remain friends with you because I really don't want to hear that, okay? Jamal, everything else good?
8: Everything else is good. Your, uh, your producer and your senior told me what your plan is. I just want to wish you a happy July. Well, 4. what the hell is my couple plan? What, what they, what, 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 what? Of, can I have a permission to correct you a couple of things that you mentioned on your radio show today?
1: Hold on a second. What did they tell you my plans are? You can, uh, never mind. Um, I am now curious because I already know ahead of time that you're going to be wrong and I'm going to be right, but uh, what, do you, what, 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 are you, what are you getting at? S-
8: subject number one. Uh, first of all, you completed, circumvent the entire movie that was made by someone, by someone that has went through a bunch of trips. This is a true story about this gentleman.
1: Wait, what it's are you talking? Wait 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 wait, you- wait, 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 wait! Are you talking about uh, Sound of uh, Freedom? Right. But o- don't freedom. say anything else about it, because everybody wants to see it. Okay. You ever heard of a spoiler? Don't spoil the movie, Jamal. All right. Movie. I played the play. I played the trailer. You can almost always tell if it's a good movie by whether or not the trailer is good. The commercial for the movie is good, and the commercial is good. I haven't been to the movie theater be- since before the pandemic, so I'm gonna go. All right now, do you? All right, you got a problem? Is there an issue with that? Yes, yes, I have an
8: issue with the the guy that has the movie. I'm not talking about the movie. The person that the story is about, he has cost himself and his group three times because he had
1: three missions. Life, amen. I don't know what that. I, 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 I don't even know who this guy is. Let me just go see the movie and then we can talk. Give me another mistake.
8: Another mistake you said nobody uh, you you just uh, talk about the former president that he doesn't care about United States. That's the very very bad things you say on July Fourth.
1: It's a bad thing all to say. I'm looking president- at it. I'm looking at his own look. I'm looking at his own words. All right. Now this guy was just not that into us, and that includes you, Jamal. All right. He was only into himself, the Barack Obama brand. He only turned the passion on for him. And, you know, you could see this throughout the first term. When it came to governing, when it came to doing the job, eh, uh, folks, you know, Republicans are objecting and Republicans, Republicans, Republicans. But, man, when it was time to run for reelection, oh, boy, he could see that mountaintop. Oh, boy, he really turned on the charm. He really he didn't give a damn the rest of the time. Only when he could benefit is when he ratcheted it up. The rhetoric, the effort, got kind of lazy in so many ways. I'm sorry, man. And let's face it, Jamal, that guy never should have been president. He spent, how many years was he in the United States Senate before he declared for president? Take a guess. Four years. I two. Exactly. You're wrong. Four. Two. 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 Okay, two. Two. you. Two, two. Two. He, can you imagine showing up at any company in the world and saying after two years, I'm going to be the boss? I'm going to be the CEO. It's insane. Only in politics. Now, I know what you're doing. You made a common mistake. Uh, you think that he spent four years as a senator because he he was elected president in 08, elected to the Senate in 04. But he actually started running for the Senate. Uh, sorry, running for the presidency just two years after he got to Washington. He, get, he becomes a senator in January of 2005. He declares for president in February of 2007. Now that is the ultimate in hutzpah, all right? I mean, that is the ultimate, and that's not a that is not a merit based society, okay? Hey, I told you this before, folks, and please don't hold it against me. I was a different person back then. I was a law. Lo- I was lost. I was uh, I was drinking too much. I voted for Obama in two thousand eight. How do you like that, Jamal? You probably were with me. I was fooled and conned by that guy. And oh, by the way, it didn't help that McCain picked Sarah Palin who's a very nice lady, but she has no business being president.
4: I
8: I, I promise you're a screener not to say anything else, but I'm going to compliment you one thing. Anybody serve for this country, I'm proud of them on July 4th. So all of our people that serve for this country, I love military because they've done for my family good. So I'm asking you one more thing. You got to calm down about your disagreement with the other side, you know, my side.
1: Let's become unified on these. No, by Ford. absolutely. Hey, wait a second, buddy. All right, you believe that the border should be wide open, huh? You believe that kids should be hanging around with drag queens? There's no compromise on this stuff. There is absolutely no com- compromise. You know, compromise can be a bad word. You know, like Joe Biden, he's compromised by the Chinese. He's compromised. They've got evidence on that guy. Ukraine, he's compromised. Compromise is not always is not always a good thing but Jamal you're a good dude and best to your family have a great holiday and i'll be right back
3: greg kelly this is the greg kelly show
1: Man, someone's going to have a heart attack at this damned uh, Coney Island Nathan's eating contest. It's too much. I'm watching. We just saw 50 guys woofing down hot dogs. Uh, Someone's going to choke. I guess they have paramedics and everybody on hand right there, but it's not healthy for anybody, uh, especially the viewer. It's totally gross. Um, I think they should make it illegal to dip the bun in the water. I mean, just think what that water is like afterwards, right? It's all got bread in it, and it's all probably milky, and you know, they take they take a very delicious thing, uh, Nathan's hot dog. We love it, and they make it totally gross. Um, anyway, I'm still hoping that Joey Chestnut wins. Why? Well, he's the only one of these guys uh, I, I know. I, I know his name, and I've actually met him before, and I like him. I don't know who any of these other people are. Apparently, they came from all over the world. Oh, talk What was his name, Takeyashi? The guy from Japan, is he there this year? There was some controversy once with that guy. Um, I met him as well. But uh, I prefer Joey, okay? I want Joey to win. And uh, good luck. Let me know when it's over. There are about five minutes to go. He was, um, I mean, it's unbelievable how many of these things. uh... I was once in a competitive eating contest myself, but we did it the right way. It was an endurance contest. It wasn't a speed contest, all right? So you couldn't go more than, like, a minute without eating one. And I think we gave everybody a minute to eat one. It was chicken wings and it was at a Hooters in Las Vegas. And I, no kidding, came in third place and there were like 200 entrants and I came in third place. Seriously. And um, I was very happy about that. And um, Hey, have you heard about United Airlines? First of all, all the travel trouble we're having. um, It's very serious. What is it with airline companies? They're always managed by these nutjobs. And I think uh, Scott Kirby is one of them. He's the CEO of United Airlines. And, you know, traffic was really bad, air traffic, and it was really hard to get around, and people were uh, marooned at airports. So what did this guy do? He's the head of United Airlines, and he took a private jet home from New York to Colorado. A private jet. Man, that guy should have to resign right then and there. All the customers are eating it and he gets on a private jet and gets uh, whisked home. That is not fair. Totally wrong. And uh I demand Scott Kirby's resignation, okay? Uh here's something else about this guy that I don't trust. Now he's he was in the Air Force for about two minutes, all right? He goes to the Air Force Academy and then he he goes he stays on active duty for about not much time at all, and he tells this story a lot. He says that the only he did not become a uh, an Air Force pilot because of the following experience. This is uh, uh, this is from Air and Space Forces. United CEO says veterans have leg up on everyone for management spots. Okay, that's good, but here's the part I'm suspicious about. As an Air Force Academy cadet in the late 1980s, future United Airlines CEO Scott Kirby became aware he would never fly for the Air Force when he was asked by an instructor to close his eyes and fly straight and level in an F-4 over the Gulf of Mexico. When I closed my eyes and flew straight and level, I was at a 30-degree left bank, Kirby recalled in his keynote address at the Air Force Association, blah, 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 blah. And then he said, Now open your eyes and turn it back to flat. And I felt like it was a 30-degree right bank. He said... He laughed at me and said, well, you're never going to be a fighter pilot. I'm like, I'm sure he's right. Now, that story does not ring true at all. There's something up with this guy. They don't actually have you do that. They don't. That That is not a thing. You don't close your eyes and fly straight and level. The whole point is you have to trust your instruments. And y- <laughs> there's something phony about this. I think he tried, and he just failed out of flight school. No, no, no disgrace, but this is not an accurate story.
3: You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show.
1: Hey, you know how uh, you might be in big trouble if you say all lives matter instead of black lives matter? People have been fired for saying that or posting that. Um, But there are certain exceptions. You can be as uh, crazy, you can be as uh, politically incorrect as all get out, as long as you happen to uh, be named Joy Reid, who is one of the worst anti-Semites, anti-gay people ever, yet they give her a great big primetime show on MSNBC. Uh, Listen to this, please. Cut one.
5: I got into Harvard only because of affirmative action. I went to a school no one had ever heard of in Denver, Colorado, in a small suburb. I didn't go to Exeter or Andover. Yeah, I didn't right. have college test prep. I just happened to be really nerdy and smart and have really good grades and good SAT scores. Right. But someone came to Denver, Colorado to look for me. A Harvard right. recruiter flew to and I met up with her at the Village Inn restaurant and did a pre-interview to get to re- to pull me into Harvard. I wasn't I was pulled in and the, and the schools like the Harvard. First Yale, that that's I got the, into affirmatively yes. and it was literally not saying we're going to take an unqualified person and put them right. in harvard yes. we're going to take a very qualified person who we would never know existed and put them in harvard that's how i got there that's how katanji got there that's how well, justice jackson i should say justice jackson got there it's how clarence thomas got there
1: uh clarence thomas didn't go to harvard by the way but oh well um well, we have the internet now. Everybody knows everything. Everybody knows who exists. Uh, look, if she got in because of good grades and good test scores, great. Great. That's what it's all about. Great grades. Now, they do have a bit of a conundrum when it comes to uh, grades and test scores because they only have, like, what, uh, 1,000 spots to go, har- to go to Harvard, right? 1,000 spots in the class. And they have 10,000 people applying. And it turns out half of the people applying have perfect SAT scores and are ahead of the class. 5,000 valedictorians. So how do you figure out who the hell gets in? Uh that's say there's probably a problem. You can't have 5,000 valedictorians. Can you? Or 1,000 valedictorians? Can you have everybody in the class be at the top of the class? That is a uh, recipe for... Um, uh, suicide. <laughs> I just, I could see people. I mean, these valedictorians, when they get to Harvard and they realize they're not the smartest people anymore, they totally freak out. Uh, there's this bridge up in Cornell. I don't want to even talk about it, but uh, that bridge, oh boy. Um, and people at Cornell apparently have a real big problem because they all wanted to go to Harvard. I'm so glad I didn't have to fall for any of this nonsense. Uh, it doesn't matter it never comes up nobody knows where anybody went to school in the history of uh humanity uh it's just it's not a thing no one will ever ask you where you went to college and um it's and uh, have you ever met somebody who went to one of these great schools and they turned out to be a total idiot that's happened to me at least 3 times and um it is kind of a big relief somehow one person went to Stanford, oh my gosh, the worst person I've ever seen, heard, ever in my life, Stanford University. Another one went to Brown, same problem, and another went to Harvard. The three bottom-performing people I've ever seen in a professional setting went to the three three of the top schools in the country. Um, all right. Hey, Dylan Mulvaney is the trans person who, I guess, is no longer working with Budweiser, and that uh, she never should have been working with Budweiser. And uh, Dylan, he, she, whatever, has gone rogue. Cut six. i I'm bringing it
5: up because what transpired from that video was more bullying and transphobia than I could have ever imagined. And I should have made this video months ago, but I didn't. And I was scared, and, and I was scared of more backlash. And, and I felt personally guilty for what transpired so i patiently waited for things to get better but surprise they haven't really and and i was waiting for the brand to reach out to me but they never did
1: and hey stop for a second right there quite frankly budweiser should have reached out i mean you know i mean look dylan mulvaney never should have been in that commercial but somebody had the idea somebody uh sent a camera to her and somebody him whatever you know and once that campaign started to go south, they could have, uh, they should have been nice to her. They should have been nice to him. They should have. All right, keep going. I
5: leave my house. I have been ridiculed in public. I've been followed. And I have felt a loneliness that I wouldn't wish on anyone. And I'm not telling you this because I want your pity. I am telling you this because if this is my experience from a very privileged perspective, know that it is much, much worse for other trans people. For a company to hire a trans person and then not publicly stand by them is worse, in my opinion, than not hiring a trans person at all.
1: Well, uh, once it went south, I don't know if they could publicly stand by you. I mean, it was a bad idea. But, I mean, behind the scenes. You just said a moment ago behind the scenes they weren't being nice to you. Uh, I think they, uh, they should have been nice to you. Let's face it. They wrote you a check, right? And also, let's face it. You're an adult, And sooner or later, everybody gets cyberbullied. All right? It happens. It's unfortunate. It's the world we live in now. Uh, There are lots of strategies you can take to counteract it. Uh, Don't be on the phone so much. Don't live on Instagram. Um, And also, possibly, if you are a male, just stay with being a male. And if you're a female, just stay with being a female. Because this shortcut to status and attention by joining the so-called LGBTQ community well, sooner or later, just blow up in your face. And I am not transphobic, but I'm I'm trans awkward. Can I say that I'm trans awkward? I have a pro. I I, I just don't know. Uh, I don't know what to say and be and I just got to be myself, I guess. And actually, I do have a couple of trans friends, and uh, they're great people. But uh, they are firmly committed to uh, not bringing the kids into the uh, situation, and for women remaining in women's sports no transgender in women's sports Saul in long island hello
8: hey hey greg how are you listen if around the sanders start to rise in the polls uh gavin newsom is going to jump in really quick after all you know that to become president of united states you have to be tall rich and handsome and gavin newsom has no chance against donald trump but he's going to destroy Ron DeSantis. What do you think?
1: <sighs> Rudy Giuliani told me yesterday that uh, Biden is the easiest Democrat for them to beat, which I thought was interesting. I mean, Biden is the easiest Democrat to, uh, to beat. I agree. He's uh, tall, rich, and handsome and thin, and that is all you got to be in uh, America for a huge swath of the country. I think he's absolutely terrible. He's terrible uh, as governor. He's a terrible guy. He's a career politician. People forget that. And um, but uh, da, 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 da. I don't think about Wait, what was your final. What, what, what about DeSantis?
8: Yeah, DeSantis has no chance against uh, Gavin Newsom. Yeah, uh, you. He's going to. He's
1: going to be. You know. Uh, I don't know uh, about that. I don't know about that. Look, I'm. I'm for Trump. All right. I am for Trump. I think Trump is the guy. And uh, if it's not him, uh, I don't know what the hell we're going to do. Saul, thank you very much. Let's go to Joe. Joe, hello. All the way down in Long Island. Hi. Oh, she was a couple of
6: years
1: old. What? I know. Yo, are you I know. there? I know Mitch. I know Mitch is
4: getting married, All right, hard. you're having a
1: conversation with somebody else in the room. That's okay. Uh, Rocco in Saratoga, hello.
4: Hello, it's a pleasure. Saratoga, the turning point of the American Revolution. For those who may not know that, in 1775, they uh, turned the French to us because they realized we could win battles and if we had lost saratoga the french would have never entered and supported us just a little short history lesson but anyway i'm proud of you greg you know why you served our country i appreciate it and all the men and women who served our country they're the real heroes they're defending us today so we could celebrate the fort. How were they celebrating the fourth, defending us and looking out for our interests? And I'd like to go back a little, thank my father, who's no longer with us, John, who joined the Merchant Marines at 16 because his brother Phil was fighting with Patton in, in North African Patton's Second Army. He won a bronze star, a silver star. That's what happens when you get your head blown off by the Nazis, okay? And then he was missing in action for over a year. His, his parents didn't know he was alive, presumed he was dead. They found him in Europe somewhere. He had lost his tags, and then they finally identified him. Imagine that. Oh. Those are the guys that are here. You don't like this country? Leave it. All like right, all say, right, all right. This is
1: very intense, me. very intense, Rocco. Uh, what do you do up in Saratoga?
4: Tell hey, tell all those people that all right, right people- all
1: right, all right, all right, all right. thank you for calling. let's try and uh, nice nice story. even when the guy's head got blown off, I mean, I just that's uh, i uh, you know he was fighting for the right, he was on our side, and oh, I'm sorry that happened uh, all those years ago. let's see uh, 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 Robert, hello,
6: Hi, Greg, thank you for helping to keep us free first of all, and second, Justice, Chief Justice Roberts, he should heed the warning that AOC has given him about taking out the Supreme Court and taking over our country. He has to resist. He's supposed to be the majority leader of the Supreme Court on the conservative side he
1: better shape up. Who? Chief Justice Roberts. Oh yeah, no, he's uh, he's weak. Everybody, he's he's a weak. He's weak and weird. He's weak and weird. Uh, thank you, Robert, and I'll be right back.
3: Greg Kelly. The Greg Kelly Show.
1: Hey, uh, the Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg on CNN, and uh, you think uh, they would talk all about the airplane situation? But instead, uh, how do you feel about Ron DeSantis and that gay video? You know about the DeSantis video, right? Where it's uh, it's a big screw up by DeSantis. It's basically, well, it's basically an anti-gay video. It's not good. It's not a good video he's trying to make fun of President Trump for saying vowing to protect people no matter what their orientation and that's what we're all about okay you got to protect everybody everybody uh, what we're not about of course is uh, sexualizing children and um, uh, you know perverted books in middle school all right um, but uh, they gave him an opening Pete booted edge on CNN cut 14.
7: And I'm gonna leave aside the strangeness of trying to prove your manhood by putting up a video that splices images of you in between oiled up shirtless bodybuilders and just get to the bigger issue that that is on my mind whenever I see this stuff in in the policy space, which is, again, who are you trying to help? Who are you trying to make better off? And what public policy problems do you get up in the morning Thinking about how to solve. And and I just don't understand the mentality of somebody who gets up in the morning thinking that he's going to prove his worth by competing over who can make life hardest for a hard hit community that is already so vulnerable in America.
1: All right. So he's um, I don't think uh, Ron DeSantis gets up in the morning trying to do that or anybody. I don't know who who would or does. Uh, But saying that you want uh, children uh, to uh, not be uh, have this stuff imposed on them, we have social contagion, and people are signing up for the transgender stuff because it's cool, because it's hip, because it's fashionable right now, and children are undergoing irreversible permanent surgeries and treatment uh, that can never be undone. This is dangerous stuff. All we say is, please, this is about protecting kids. It's about protecting children. I don't know. I saw that video, by the way. I I did not see any muscle men. I don't know what he's talking about. Maybe that's always on Pete's mind. I don't know, but I did not see that. Maybe it's in there. I didn't see it. I did see, uh, well, a message that I think has blown up in Ron DeSantis' face because MAGA is not some sort of—I think he's got this cartoonish version of what MAGA is in his head— and Ron DeSantis is as elite as they come with the Harvard and the Yale and all that stuff. And I think he is just glommed on to MAGA as a uh an avenue for him to achieve his ultimate goal, uh power, the White House, uh the ultimate prestige. He's been at this for a long time. He's a career politician. He's all the 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 messaging, the um the policies, the the that's all besides the point. The uh, the point is Ron being somebody important. And by the way, Pete Buttigieg, Secretary of Transportation, we have a full-blown transportation crisis right now. And why is he the Secretary of Transportation? Because he's gay. That's it. That's the only reason why he's got that, uh, that gig. Now, what? How, how do you mean? Wait a second. He ran for president. He was a mayor. Well, he did run for president, and uh, he became something of a uh, phenom in the campaign. But why is that? Because political reporters fell in love with him because he's gay. All right? That's it. And they also had those uh, Ivy League credentials that they swoon over, okay? So they made this guy something that he wasn't a viable presidential (laughs) candidate. He's not. He's not. Uh, But because of the gayness and because of the military stuff and because of the uh, Ivy League, they just went bananas and they wrote something like 10 million stories about him. You know, uh, when Pete came out of the closet, when Pete came out of the closet again, when Pete told his mom, when Pete, you know, just all this stuff about him and his gay journey and nothing about his vision for the transportation department or anything about his operational skill in running a federal department. And now the joke is on all of us. All right. Uh, happy fourth. And uh, it's time to go in a moment. Tony, hello.
0: Hi, Greg Kelly. Um, thank you for taking my call. And I just want to say this. When I think of what our government, our administration has done with people to make them not equal, but to make them feel unequal and put them in the spotlight, they have actually taken away their
6: constitutional
0: rights. Bill and Mulvaney and all the children that were spotlighted, he, in fact, is saying, you know, this administration, this government, has done nothing for me, and that's the truth. Because the fact of the matter is, is that when people aren't treated equal and made to obey the government, and that the government is saying, if you're such people, you don't have to obey, people are going to rebel. And so now Dylan is saying, this isn't the government that I thought I bought into.
6: But our government.
0: Ah, uh,
1: wait people. a second, Dylan Mulvaney. That's the only thing that's confusing me here. I, this is not about the government. It's about Anheuser Bush. And a beer commercial, I thought. What do you mean about the government?
0: So what I'm saying is that our government has put the transgender community in a certain light, and they have not given them – they have given them a license to sort of bypass the rules and regulations. And unreasonable,
1: unreasonable expectations uh, as to what they're entitled to.
0: That's right. And now he's saying, because our government shouldn't be doing, shouldn't be treating anyone better than anyone else. We're all equal and we all have to obey the Constitution. Right, Greg Kelly? Uh,
1: Yeah, Tony, I think. (laughs) think. Uh, What's your last name, by the way?
0: Oh, I'm on the air. So am I. It's all right. Tony, I appreciate (laughs) it so much.
1: Thank you very much. Interesting point. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I got to go to uh, we got two more. Sal. Hi. Yes.
8: Hey, Greg, listen, I wonder how the witches of the uh, PU, the witches of the view, how they are going to uh, explain away cocaine found in the Biden White House library. Are they going to blame Trump for this? And by the way, let's never forget, do anything we can for our brother and sister American veterans on this wonderful day, even though the weather's bad.
1: All right, Sal, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, The View. Sometimes people tune in to see what they what they have to say. Uh, not me, but Sal, thank you. Yeah, what will they make of that? Dan in Bayside, hello.
4: Hey, Greg, how you doing? I find it very hypocritical that the city, with the attacks on the pizza ovens, wood-fired, fire, coal coal-fired... And with Hochul trying to take your gas stove and your heating, that is crickets that with the fireworks tonight, do you know what the carbon footprint is going to be? How much sulfur and poison is going to be pumped into the air?
1: Uh, well, hey, guess what, Dan? Dan, well, that's the thing. They're not. They're starting to push back against these firework displays. Uh, have you seen that the drones, they, they want to have drones replace the fireworks? Have you seen that? Hey, I got to say something. Uh, The drone stuff that I've seen is pretty cool. They send up like a thousand of them and somehow they fly in formation and they put up these light shows and they can create anything. I got to admit, I'm getting a little bit bored of the fireworks. You've seen one great fireworks display. You kind of have seen them all, right? And by the way, you got to wait online for a million, you know, and bring your own chair and then it's just a, it's too crowded. I don't want to, I don't want to go to any fireworks, but I would take a chair and go to see drones put on a light show. If you don't believe me, you can find this stuff on YouTube drone. uh, What what would you, i never YouTubed it myself, but look up drone 4th of July celebration. I saw drones make up the Iwo Jima Memorial. I saw a drone. They, they made the shape of a baseball player hitting a baseball and the baseball actually gets hit and moves. You can't do that with fireworks, so um, yeah, people are starting to make noise about the uh, the the pollution and whatever. Where are the who are the goes the, the firework people? Grucci, are they still on Long Island? The Grucci's, they're the they they made uh, fireworks. Wow, they took them to the next level. Uh, it's raining, so I don't know what that's going to do to the fireworks. Probably going to ruin them. Anyway, uh, I'm not into them anymore. But if you are, have fun, be safe, and I'll see you tomorrow. Happy Fourth of July, everybody.